0: Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Dawn, or email them at JTandtheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys.
1: Ooh. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don, Donato Gucci, remember to subscribe to us on all of the major platforms and remember to please leave us a five-star review. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Give Us a Shot YouTube, Give Us a Shot Network YouTube channel. Uh, Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction and to our guy, Mike. Regina with the JT and the Don pump up intro music. It is this the week of the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl edition of JT and the Don. We'll sprinkle in some other sports and topics in there. But first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How are you feeling today?
0: Good. I'm just happy you got through that intro better than the last show. Last show, you were kind of struggling, but there I felt was- you picked it up.
1: There was nothing wrong. I knew you were gonna say that's why I figured, you know what? I'll just do it the way I normally last time. I just had to make sure you weren't
0: having a medical emergency. You were just talking so slow for no reason. There was nothing
1: wrong with the intro last time. You gotta mix it up every once in a while.
0: Don't that's all don't mix that shit again.
1: That's all. That's all stick with this. All right. Well, fine. Let's just get started with the show, right to it. Big game this weekend. We all know about it. So, JT, right off the bat, what is the biggest storyline of Super Bowl?
0: 58. Oh, I I think the biggest storyline is gotta be Brock Purdy. Like he where he's come from, mystery relevant, people not thinking he's a franchise quarterback. We know the story, we know what he's had to go through to get this team to this point. Last year he got knocked out in the NFC championship game, and there's all those rumblings of, oh, you know, like what if Brock Purdy never got hurt? Would they have gone and won the Super Bowl last year? So this is the opportunity for him to prove himself. And he's playing against arguably, like you said, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Mahomes like you as a uh, like a a last pick in the draft going to a Super Bowl, your second full year as a starter and getting a win against Patrick Mahomes like this is going to start him on that Tom Brady arc as far as how people view him. So that's the biggest storyline. Like how high is the ceiling on Brock Purdy? If he wins this Super Bowl, then sky's the limit.
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest in-game storyline, so I'll take a little bit different angle of it. Well, the
0: answer answer is Taylor Swift. That's the biggest (laughs) storyline. It's going to be everywhere. Like, that was low-hanging fruit. I wanted to talk about the game, but she's going to be the biggest storyline.
1: Yeah, again, Brock Purdy, biggest in-game storyline. You didn't take the Taylor Swift storyline away from me because I wasn't going there either. I just think the overall um, storyline of the game is, can the Chiefs catapult themselves into elite status? Because let's face it, they're on the precipice of it.
0: Can they Can elite. they make themselves a legitimate dynasty when we're talking it, about like all time?
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. All time. That's what I mean. Elite, not just a legitimate, you know, dynasty. I'm talking about elite because three in five years. Right. If they win, that's three Super Bowls in five years. There's only three other teams, three other, orga- not even organizations, just three other teams in the Steelers five and years Patriots that's
0: that's that's exactly and, what I think about when it when and, that comes to mind
1: and the Cowboys those, yes. those 90 teams so when you think about those three those are three historic franchises at
0: this point the 49ers um, aren't even in there with exactly Walsh. that's crazy with Montana exactly
1: they're not and then you look at back to back I think the last ones were the New England Patriots we're talking almost 20 years at this point it's it's so difficult nowadays to go back to back in the NFL yeah so you're putting yourself up there with Steelers, Cowboys, Patriots, and then you went back-to-back, you're basically replacing the Patriots. To me, that's the the overwhelming storyline that's off the field is everyone kind of has this in the back of their mind. Are we watching something really special or not?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you too. And if they win back to back, like the defenses they've beaten to get this done, I mean, we forget how good that Eagles defense was last year. I mean, most sacks ever. I think most tackles for loss ever in the season. Just
1: the team as well. Just yeah. like Philly's team. And then you look at Baltimore. Baltimore's defense was the Triple Crown winner this year. They were talking about historically, if they win a Super Bowl, you might have to put them up there with, with the eighty-five Bears. Yeah, yeah, I mean, with the other Ravens defenses. So they've had to go through through the gauntlet, buffalo, um, baltimore and if they could pull it off san francisco. So not not easy at all. Now, let's go focus on the game on the field. Who is the X factor in this game?
0: It's tough, man. I, I feel like the low hanging fruit answer is Christian McCaffrey because if he goes off, then I think the 49ers win, but I mean, he should be he sh- it shouldn't be X factor. He should just be the game plan. Like everything should go through him. But I'm going to say I'm going to say the X factor is going to be Pacheco because I think as he goes, that's going to give the chiefs an opportunity to establish, you know, dominance in this game. It's going to be able to help them overcome some of the stuff that we see in this playoffs. Like Mahomes hasn't played well. The defense has played better than the offense all year, but Pacheco is starting to come on late. We see these guys go on these runs in the playoffs where they just turn it on. He's a guy that I've been impressed with maybe like the last like six games. So I think him, if he gets going, Especially the way he got going the last two games, I think that's gonna be the X factor.
1: Well, you stole you stole my guy. And I'll just, just say
0: we agree. No, it's okay no, no, to no, agree. No, no.
1: You you stole it. I have another guy, but let me just add this to the Pacheco argument. The 49ers defense, not so hot in the playoffs against the run. Aaron Jones averaged six yards a carry. David Montgomery, six point two yards a carry. So to your point, if they can establish Pacheco and he's he's getting six yards a carry, huh, it's gonna to be tough. But I'll go with Fred Warner, the opposite on the opposite side of the ball against Kansas City, because can can he help contain Mahomes and Kelsey? And then more importantly, I think this is why he's the X factor. Can he prevent Mahomes from scrambling the way he does? And all of a sudden, a guy that you don't think can run just breaks off a 25-yard run, and now they're in field goal range for Butker. Like and clockwork. Like, like clockwork. Like,
0: We've been trying like, to figure yeah, out how he does this. How for he years. does it.
1: how does he do he always seems to do it from like his 45 yard line and in and then he sets him up for a field goal in the red zone so I think that's why Fred Warner you know the the Kelsey factor I don't know if they'll match him up there but obviously across the middle but containing Mahomes on those runs if they can stop Mahomes from cheating those first downs then I think there's a good shot that they'll be in it obviously till the end and uh and, and and can win it on offense then All right. So last one, looking at the Super Bowl here, whose legacy gets the biggest boost with a win? That's one question. And then whose legacy takes the biggest hit with a loss? That's the second question.
0: So this question is funny because I feel like these questions only apply to one team. And it's the 49ers like the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Andy Reid is who Andy Reid is. Can it help him? Yes. But I mean, I don't see him getting much more of a boost. Same thing with Mahomes. Like, you already putting him as the number one quarterback of all time. So, like, where is he going to go? Like, like he's already up there. So, the boost, like I said, has brought Purdy just because of how he came into the league, all the hype around him, all the controversy that's around him from the Trey Lance situation to people saying, is he really the bus driver or is he just a passenger? Is the talent of the team carrying him? But you win a Super Bowl, the accolade is going to the quarterback, especially if he basically doesn't shit the bed in the game. Like, his... His legacy is gonna get the biggest boost. Like, if he has a good Super Bowl game, he's probably gonna be the uh Super Bowl MVP too if they win. So he has the most to gain as far as boost. Now, most to lose is Kyle Shanahan. Like, we've been waiting for this moment since he was in Atlanta and they blew that 28 to 3 lead to the Patriots. Like, this is his MO. Gets to the biggest game of the year, and he just folds. Like, which Kyle Shanahan is going to show up, the one that we've seen be dominant or the one that got ran out of the stadium when the Ravens went out to play him on, on Sunday Night Football? So Shanahan, I think this is what he needs for people to get off his back. Andrew Reed was in this same situation at one point in his career. It's like, you're great in all these meaningless games, but you know what are you doing when it comes down to the big game? And so far, Shanahan hasn't got it done. So if he loses again, I mean, the, the screams of overrated, I think are going to be deafening. That was only four years ago that Andy Reed needed to win the game. That's the crazy. Game but it's it's crazy coach. how when you win, how people forget. Like oh, everybody right. just thinks like, oh, right. Andy Reed was always that guy. Right. We loved him. Like, nah, they ran his ass out of Philly because he couldn't win a title. Like, right. Yeah. That, that's how people are. Yeah.
1: I think the biggest boost is actually Andy Reed. That would give him three Super Bowls. And I know what you're saying: like, is Andy Reed's legacy cemented? Sure. I, people are always going to respect. I think him.
0: number two did that for him.
1: Right. it cemented it. But what I'm saying in terms of biggest boost, again, if we're just talking about, hey, you're really, really good to great. All right. Great. That's fine. But when you're going from really, really good to great to all time great, all time elite, that's a huge boost. And the reason why I say it is because there's a lot of coaches. I shouldn't say a lot, but there are quite a few that have two Super Bowls, right? Mike Shanahan, you know, is is, is in there and a couple other coaches are in there. But Andy Reid would get the three, like Jimmy Johnson has two. So Andy Reid would get the three, okay? You know who's in that rarefied air up there with three Super Bowls? A guy named Bill Belichick, Chuck Noll, Bill Walsh, Joe Gibbs. That is it. That's really the Mount, that's the Mount Rushmore of Super Bowl titles. Two Super Bowls, Vince Lombardi. Great. Andy Reid, you're as good as Vince Lombardi already. But you know you want to be better? You want to be elite, all time elite company? Belichick, Chuck Knoll, Bill Walsh, Joe Gibbs. That's it. That's the only company with three Super Bowls. And then the biggest hit, I'm going to take your opposite of the biggest boost. It's Brock Purdy. Because if Purdy wins one Super Bowl, great. He's already getting all this sort of love. Does a Super Bowl add to it? Of course. But it still doesn't put him anywhere near Tom Brady or Mahomes or any of these guys. But if he loses, all the guys that doubt him, are gonna say, see, he can't win the big one. He's no better than see, Jimmy
0: G. See, but I'm gonna I'm push. I'm gonna push back with you on that because I agree with you, like in a vacuum. But I feel like if he, it depends on how they lose. But if they win, it's not about oh, you know, like he got one. It's who he is, and he got one, and who he got it against. Like you gotta think about it. Like people, he's not supposed to be here. Like this, like this, could literally make him a second contract guy. Like there's no, there's no doubt about it. If it's not the 49ers, somebody else will be fooled into spending $200 million on Brock Purdy, like specifically for this This game guy game. said "Fooled," oh, Because <laughs> we talked about this on a, on our last show. It's like, what's his window to be an NFL MVP with the 49ers is as right. long as he has all this weapons, because the data tells us like right. he ain't the bus driver, at least not yet. But right. Tom Brady was the same way. He wasn't the bus driver. And then he became the bus. So and,
1: And I'm glad we
0: got to see and I'm
1: glad you said Tom Brady, because that's why I think he would take the biggest hit, meaning Brock Purdy with a loss, because Tom Brady didn't lose his first Super Bowl. He didn't. But if he did, but if he did, the Bills had a fallback
0: option. Hold on. I mean, the Patriots had a fallback. option. I
1: know. know, But hold on. What I'm saying is a lot of people already want to start to compare Brock Purdy to Tom Brady, that this guy's the next Brady. He can play, get better, like you're saying, and then be the guy, be the bus driver. Let's let's be real. Hold on. Hold on. I got to finish my point. That is why I'm saying it takes the biggest hit because Tom Brady didn't lose all those. And then you just said it. How long is this window open? Does Brock Purdy ever get back? And then on top of that, will people start to doubt you if you don't have a good game? Because you know what happened? Everyone gives the 49ers last time a pass because Jimmy G couldn't make the pass to uh, I think it was Sanders in in the middle of the field deep that would have sealed and won the game for them so now you're the guy that they say is better than jimmy g if you can't come through and you're a reason why they lose how do you get back people will continue to doubt you and like you said how long is this window over? how long can christian mccaffrey stay healthy
0: which but but, but but in theory you're right but i feel like people don't People don't criticize Brock Purdy on like the they scale on the, on right. the scale you're of right. ration, like rational <laughs> rational thought. Because you 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 go on you go on any social media platform when the 49ers. Don't I don't go well. on those. I don't go. I stay Good away. thing you don't because you because you might be in hell. Like they the way they crit, what they criticize Brock Purdy for and what they don't is always amazing. Like Brock, but like we talked about it in the 49ers game. Like he did not have a great game. No. And I, I saw it all on, all on Twitter. I was like. If Brock Purdy happens to drive down this last drive and and, and they win the game, they're going to forget all the other stuff that he didn't do well in this game and they're going to give him credit. Oh, he got it done in the clutch, blah, blah, blah. Like Brock Purdy is almost in like that Tim Tebow level of criticism. Like him, Kevin Durant, like no matter what they do, it's never always their fault. It's Like somebody else should have did something better. So I feel like he – He's kind of insulated in this, and he can only go up. Like if he loses, it's like, oh, he wasn't supposed to do this. He wasn't here. Somebody should have did this. Shanahan, there's too many villains they can place in spot and in, in in replacing him as far as being the blame. Oswald. So I mean, he's insulated. Like I Mahomes ain't even this insulated. They lose bad. Like it's gonna be all on Mahomes. Like Brock Purdy's a, got Brock Purdy is lucky right now.
1: I'm not on social media a lot. I just think though the way the trend is, quarterbacks take a lot of heat. You're loved one minute and then you're hated another. And I can I can just see this happening. That's why I think maybe his legacy does take the biggest hit.
0: All right, we'll see what happens. All right, so let's go there. Your favorite game. I mean, you got this in here every week. Checkdown game. We're gonna give you a question, give you two answers, and we're gonna give you the answer that we feel is best. Hey, my, so arm, expect- my,
1: my arm doesn't allow for the thirty yard passes, so I
0: got to take the check. It never again. did. So, first question: sticking with the Super Bowl. See, you week- said you're not rude to me. We talked uh, about this not before rude. we got I, I, on the air. I literally watched you throw a football multiple times per week for like three years. Like, I, I, I got the up close evaluation. <laughs> hey, I've seen I this.
1: The five yard checkdown,
0: perfect. Exactly. You vary, you vary, Brock Purdy. <laughs> More pressure in the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan or Brock Purdy? I think this is the easy
1: one. It's Shanahan. I mean, it's Kyle Shanahan by, by a large margin, two things, 28 to three. We know what that means. And 20 to 10, which was the fourth quarter score, the score going into the fourth quarter four years ago against the chiefs. And they lose 31 20, I believe. Like, how does that happen? And listen, Jimmy G, like I said, he was the excuse. He took a lot of heat for it. Well, Kyle Shanahan, if you don't win.
0: Coach no, him up. Coach no, him up. You're the greatest, right? He's no no more goat.
1: blame to go around. It's he's, a smart, he's
0: the smartest freaking guy in the league when Who it comes said, to offense. Scheme you. him up.
1: You've been saying that. You, no, you, know I agree, McVay, you know, McVay's my guy.
0: Yeah, we already talked about this, Shanahan, man. He has the most to lose by losing this game. Like, he... He, you know how I can tell that it, the obvious answer is him? He's so nervous, he's already out drinking what? <laughs> during press week. He's show, he showing up to interviews on, uh, what do they call it, the row where everyone goes yeah. and does the interview.
1: Media row. Why India aren't row? we there? Media row. Why aren't we, we there? We
0: broke. We broke um he's going to media row drunk and hungover that tells me that he knows the significance and pressure of this game. think about it i
1: watched his interviews on media row they got the they got the images of
0: him out the night before i think he was wearing the same clothes like he drinking he know the pressure that's how you know this shit is real he had
1: a coca-cola and something to eat and bro you you the only person
0: that goes out after eight o'clock and has no alcohol (laughs) everybody ain't you next one more pressure in the super bowl Travis Kelsey or George Kittle?
1: I mean, listen, most of the pressure in this game is going to be on San Francisco. It's it's George Kittle. He's 30, going to be 31 in October. They didn't win last time, and he feels like him and Kelsey are uh, comparable measures. And what I worry about George Kittle is because he's turning 31 or injuries. We've seen it before, take large chunks of the season out for him. And again, the other question in addition to his injuries, how long can San Francisco keep this team together, where they're perennial Super Bowl contenders? I mean, it's been five years now,
0: right? Four and years ago, like, four years ago. How, plus how long this can year. they keep this core together as all pros, like you said? Like, I mean, injuries going. They're older guys. Like all these, right. Guys are eventually, all pros. right?
1: Eventually, their level of play. The older guys will fall off. Like, there's other guys in their primes, but some of these guys are not in their primes anymore.
0: It's funny, man. I want to say, George Kittle. Mainly because he's his story out of these two is not set in stone. Like I feel like he could be one of those guys that we forget about maybe like 15 years from now.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. He
0: also said this the last time he was is he was in the Super Bowl, he said he was gonna come back with a fucking vengeance. So I'm expecting him right. I'm expecting him to come out like that George Kittle, what was it, 2015 where he was like Averaging like 30 points a game in fantasy for a stretch. I'm expecting that George Kittle. 11 catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns. I'm expecting that guy to show up.
1: The Kittle where people were leaning toward drafting him over a guy like Gronk.
0: Exactly. Now, with all that being said, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Just because he got so much focus on him. Like, everything is about him. Think about it. Everything is so much about Travis Kelsey that, like, we are just glossy over the fact that Mahomes has had a mediocre year. He's had a mediocre playoff run. It's Travis Kelsey, man. Like, we want to see him go out on top. He might be a guy that's talking about retirement if they win. Taylor Swift is in the building, so we know that's going to be, like, the big storyline that everyone's talking about. They're talking about it all year. They're going to be talking about it all game. Like, he got – I think he's under the most pressure because what if he goes out there and doesn't play well at all? Like, if he don't play well, the Chiefs are probably going to falter, and that's going to be the storyline. It's like – Oh, her boyfriend's out there not playing well. What's going on? He got the most pressure. Like most the casual NFL fan probably don't even know George Kittle was the only tight end to have a thousand yards this year. So that lets you know, like nationwide, maybe worldwide, to non-football or casual football fans, he ain't got that kind of pressure. It's always gonna be Travis Kelsey.
1: Hmm, maybe. I think the I think the uh, Taylor Swift fans will still be okay with Travis
0: Kelsey. So right, we'll see. If he proposes to her, uh, let's 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 go to your uh, your city, man. D.C., more likely Caleb Williams, future number one overall pick. More likely he plays in Chicago or he plays in his hometown, D.C. It's Chicago. Um,
1: and I think the reason is a lot of people now all of a sudden put D.C. on the radar because of the whole Cliff Kingsbury, he coached. You know, Caleb Williams at USC, it seems like they got along really well. The family seems to like Cliff Kingsbury. But unlike Arizona, where Kingsbury came in and got and drafted his guy, Kyler Murray, number one overall, in this instance, Chicago holds all the chips in the cards and not Washington. Whereas Arizona had the number one overall. Basically, Cliff Kingsbury had a, you know, a blank canvas to do whatever he wanted to do. Now, it didn't work in Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury. What did
0: it work with Cliff Kingsbury? (laughs) Like, are we being honest?
1: Yeah, uh, that is a very valid point. And why would this be any different in D.C. in terms of him having success? So, I don't think Washington is going to trade their mortgage, their whole future for the offensive coordinator. Cause you got to remember, Cliff Kingsbury's not the head coach, he's the OC. So, he's going to have some say maybe in who they draft. Mm-hmm. But well, let's be not, real, the coach the coach is have,
0: Dan Quinn. He's defense. So maybe he will have more say on the offense. But, but but the
1: difference is I don't think he'll have that much cachet for them to mortgage their future to jump up. If they were already sitting at number one, sure, like they go Caleb Williams, but they don't here. So I think the only reason why DC is getting mentioned is the whole, oh, they're bringing in Cliff Kingsbury because they're ready to make a move for Caleb Williams at number one. No, like pump the brakes. That's not true. Chicago is going to draft Caleb Williams.
0: All right. I I agree with you that I do think he'll play in Chicago, but I disagree with you for the reason why I think one, the bears actually do not hold all the cards in this situation. I think they hired all these people in Washington because they know if we don't pay this ridiculous price to move up to get Caleb, there are two other guys that people think are top five quarterbacks. Like they could be franchise quarterbacks. Drake may at number two without giving up any assets is not a loss. like, in any other year, he would go number one, and it wouldn't even be looked at. Same thing with, with Jaden Daniels. Like Everybody thinks he is a franchise quarterback. So there's not many drafts where there's three or four guys at the top of the draft where, like, do are they really that much different than the guy that everyone says going number one overall? And I think the Bears, they got to get rid of Justin Fields. They've also geared up on offense with all this staff and stuff like that. They brought in these weapons. They required all these draft picks. Like they plan on getting Caleb Williams like you can't pass up on this guy, especially after what we've seen with Justin Fields. So I do think he'll be he'll be in Chicago. Like there's no way Ryan Poles could pass up on Caleb Williams and like keep his job. Like it's just not happening. Right. He will keep his job if they make that pick and they're wrong. Like everyone will understand that if Caleb Williams doesn't pan out. But if you pass on him to keep Justin Fields, like that's a fireable offense, like we always say. Yeah. All right. Next I, one. I agree. Oh, no, it's not a next one. Yeah. You you're just trying to take my job. No, I thought I, I had one more question. Yeah, yeah,
1: sure. All right. So of all of the head coaching, well, I should say all of the head coaching vacancies in the NFL have been taken, but one candidate, former head coach, Mike Vrabel has been left without twin. my twin. What has been left without a head coaching job. I've never been compared to, Compared to him,
0: well, you know, you, um, you're not you're not as tall as him, but
1: well, 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 I'm glad you say that because there's a report out there. Great, great leadway into this. Great segue,
0: JT. Can you, can you just take the alley-oop man? I tried to set you up. Make it seem organic. <laughs> I had terrible lay, at I, I this. Had to Jesus lay it up, Christ, man. So Yo, Netflix, you... <laughs> don't ever give this dude a, a comedy special. He just
1: I'm not he a comedian. No I never said I was. Never said I was. So a report by Diana Rossini says that a GM at the senior Bowl mentioned to her that the reason for um Mike Vrabel not getting um offers or head coaching job or coaching jobs is Vrabel's physical build and the difference is says here Physical presence can make a difference is what that source said. So the physical presence can make a difference in the room. So JT, why isn't Mike
0: Vrabel being hired? Man, first of all, can we just address that comment? That shit made no sense. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. If one guy said that Mike Vrabel might've slept with his wife or something. That seemed personal. Like, Oh, he he's just too intimidated to be around. Like, Bro, we in the league where Dan Campbell coaches, he is bigger than Mike Vrabel. They had, remember, uh, what's his name? Mike Tice. He was like seven feet. Like, it's the NFL, everybody is imposing. So, he's too imposing to be a coach. But we got these guys that are his size at every position or bigger. And Dan
1: Campbell's talk about biting ankles.
0: That's what I'm saying. Dan Campbell's out there doing serial killer shit and sound bits, but Mike Vrabel is too intimidating. To me, what it sounds like is maybe... Maybe he's just not a likable guy. Like, I think we're, maybe he's an asshole, which, which just by looking at Rabel, I, I would not be shocked. Like, he's a, little, he's a little off in things. Like, we remember that the draft where he had, like, the guy, like, doing something in his bathroom. Like, mm-hmm. he's a different guy. I mean, he's a linebacker. They got to be different. It just sounds like maybe, you know, GMs and owners are like, either I can't work with him, he might be difficult to work with, or maybe I know I can't say out-of-pocket things to him because we're going to have an uncomfortable work relationship like i can't tell mike rabel you know to f off like he's 6'6, 250 like it's gonna be hard to tell a person that so i mean that's what i'm thinking but one guy that sounds personal like he might have did something to this guy and that's why he's saying that but i don't understand why he doesn't have a, a head coaching job because i thought he was clearly one of the top three candidates on the market like i think he instantly makes your team better they're at least going to be prepared yeah,
1: I don't buy the I don't buy that physical part of it. Um, it's football. A lot of guys are big, and a lot of guys have coached that are big. You you mentioned just some recent ones. I mean, John Madden, right? Like you can go down the line. You don't realize how huge the, John Madden is. Yeah, different offensive line, uh, offensive linemen have been head coaches. Different offensive line coaches have been Art head Shell. coaches. Yeah, Art Shell and. So I'm not buying that part. Plus, wouldn't you want that sort of presence in your locker room if it, if he's that like demanding of your attention,
0: right? Exactly. What like, 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 like the guy who, you who, want leading your team. Like, who are the player? Who are the players gonna relate to more? <laughs> like, you show up in the locker room. Like, you might have whoa, the data whoa, and the whoa. analytics and stuff. Whoa. But at in the end of the glasses, day, in the glasses. That's what I'm saying. It, it, yeah, like, like you or this, this behemoth. <laughs> He used to play in the league. Like if he could coach like the physical presence, I think that's a benefit.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what it is, is that the rounds or kind of the, the lack of a better word, the quota of defensive coordinators was fulfilled in this round of hirings. You had uh, Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris. And I'm trying to think if I missed Another yeah. defense. Well, I mean, coordinator. we can count
0: Pierce getting rehired. He's a defensive right. guy,
1: So You're talking four of the eight minimum were defensive guys. I mean, the trend is toward offense, and it's
0: like the offensive guys just said we're sitting out this this hiring cycle. <laughs> well, and not that's only why that, not only
1: that, but maybe people felt, hey, the the best defensive minded guys have been you know hired in Raheem Morris, McDonald, you know Pierce and Dan Quinn. So maybe they teams felt, hey. If we're going to go defensive coordinator, we're going to go with one of those four instead of Mike Vrabel.
0: I will say this. Walk with me down this path. Because I said this when we talked about him getting, whatever, fired. They had a mutual parting with the Titans. And I was like, maybe, even though Mike Vrabel is a good coach, maybe the way he coaches and runs the game, like his scheme, maybe is a little bit outdated where it's like, there's a ceiling with that and we got to see what we can get with a more offensive minded coach. Maybe we might have a higher ceiling and maybe that's what it is too. Maybe they're like, you know what, like his style of coaching and the way he game plans is a little bit outdated. It's not where the NFL is and trending that way. So that could be a part of it too, because I'm sorry, like we saw running Derrick Henry 500 times right. in the season. Like you can only do that for so long. Like well, you got to scheme up something else.
1: Right. Well, JT to, to- to so that point, the last thing I have written here his last two years, seven and ten, six and eleven, and that comes with the decline of Derrick Henry. So it's like, how how successful do organizations think he can be without a guy like a Derrick Henry? Based on what you just or, said, or his style is he, of football,
0: or is he is only as good as the coordinators because he he had Arthur Smith, who was a good coordinator when he was there. And he also had Lafleur, right? LeFleur. yeah. I so I mean, and yeah. we if we, if we talk about Lafleur like he's earned he's earned his status as a really good coach in the league. So yeah. how good are you without these offensive guys calling the shots? Because when they weren't there, we saw what this team looked like, and it was not good. So that could be it too. Maybe they just don't think he is a good coach because his philosophy and the scheme just is, is not a good scheme. Maybe, maybe. All right. So we did this the last show. Uh, We're going to bring it back again because, you know, new coaches got hired. So love it. Like it. Trash it. We're going to talk about some of these hires, coaches, coordinators. Love it. Obviously, self-explanatory like it. Uh, Not so much loving it, but it's still good. And trash it means they made a mistake. So first one, I don't know how he missed this one. Brian Callahan as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans.
1: I like it. I don't love it, but I don't like want to trash it either. He won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, Super Bowl 50. Um, so he's got that pedigree in terms of success. Uh now, Grant, I think he was like an offensive assistant there, and he's done a good job with the Bengals, right? Like, and he learned from Zach Taylor. Listen, who Zach Taylor learned from McVay.
0: McVay, I, yes. We I
1: was I was wrong about Zach Taylor. Like, he's a really good coach, but my Only concern why I don't love it is, and we always talk about this, which is maybe unfair to certain people. He had Burrow, Jamar Chase, Higgins, like he had an offense there.
0: We said the same thing about Mike McDaniel. (laughs) They had this loaded team, and he wasn't even the OC; he was the run game coordinator. We're like, yeah, and he turns out to be this.
1: So that is why, that it's is why, I, yeah, that is why I don't trash it. But I don't love it because I still want to see, especially in Tennessee, he has some work to do. Let's face it.
0: I wanted to hate it because I'm like, oh, damn, <laughs> this is just stupid. They could have just kept Vrabel. Like I thought they were going to make a sexier splash. And then the more I looked into it, I actually love it because of the things we talked about. I think I want to see what this team could be like when we have a, a coach, an offensive coach that's coaching for today's game. Then two other things. One, he comes from that tree and look what he did with Jake Brown. Are you talking about, oh, he's got Burrow and all his weapons? He didn't have those this year. T. Higgins barely played. Joe Burrow was out for most of the season and he got he coached so well as a coordinator that he's got Jake Brown and thinking he's a top 32 quarterback in the (laughs) league with confidence. Like think about how good of a coach you have to be to have Jake Brown and telling teams you shouldn't have cut me like, yes, everybody should have cut you. Like that just shows that he knows he can dial up good plays. And then the kicker for me is he gets to bring over his dad, who was the O line coach, I think, for the Browns, right? Uh, his last spot, yes,
1: was yeah. Cleveland. But he's been he's been a lot of places and had a lot yes, of success. He's got
0: experience. So the fact that you can bring that's like that's like bringing over Monty Kiffin. Like you got somebody in your staff that you can trust, but you know has the experience. You don't have to worry about what they're doing. They know how to do their job. And I think that rubs off on the rest of your staff. So I think he's in a position to do well. That division is always up and down. Anybody can take the division. So I think that's a good move. I love it. Next one. Who we got? Oh, I know where you're going with this. Dan Quinn as the head coach at DC, your commanders.
1: Listen, do I need to say anything else but 28 to three? Listen, trash it, trash it. You know, 28 to three. Listen, if someone wants to hire him, that's great. But- if I've got an organization, it's not gonna be my organization that's doing it, and it's no offense to him, it's just that's the way like that. No is that, that, that I trashed it? That, that's the way it is. Like, I think you know, being here in the DC spot, they needed an offensive guy, and they tried like, and they all said no, and in like a sexy pick, and they didn't get either with this higher, they needed to make a splash. Like, I don't understand how you could not have made us, but if you had to overpay for Ben Johnson, do it. If you had to overpay for someone else, do it like do it. I I, I don't understand what you already got a guy that once stabilized the organization to go from old ownership to new ownership, Ron Rivera. This is Ron Rivera part two. It really is. How is this? How is this different?
0: Well, we're going to see. We'll see the ending. I don't love it. I like it because I agree. I wish they would have hired an offensive guy, but you can only hire the guys that want to be hired. So let's 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 be real. Slowik and Ben Johnson decided to return to their teams as OC. But JT,
1: there's there's other offensive guys out Who? there. Like like what what took them so long to act on Dave Canales?
0: Like but but, but here's, but here's the, the thing. The problem.
1: This is what the problem was. They were holding out hope on Ben Johnson, so they waited and waited. And it blew up. In everyone, their face. Yep, everyone else got scooped up. If you're gonna go this route. Go Aaron Glenn if you're going to go defense.
0: I disagree. I disagree. The reason I like this is because of what you said. Yes, they blew it in the Super Bowl, but they got there. He's been to Super Bowls with two different teams. So did
1: Ron Rivera. He got there with Carolina.
0: Once. But he got there with the Seahawks.
1: Who did they? Wait. Dan Quinn was not the head coach. So no, but he like, got
0: there as a DC, all right, and right. he got there Ron, as a head coach Ron Rivera
1: got there as a player with the Chicago Bears. Like, oh, my God. He, this we're is Ron Rivera player? Part We're talking two. about players
0: now? Come we're, on. We're,
1: we're talking about De- players. Devin,
0: Devin, Devin, Devin has to to the Super Bowl as a player. He should be a head coach. That's stupid. You know what I'm trying to say. He, he is, he's is He's a much more stabilizing force, and I agree with you. I would love to have seen them get an offensive guy, but you can only hire who wants to be hired. The fact that they brought in Cliff Kingsbury, I don't love it. But at least it shows they're committed. And also, I don't know how much this new ownership is. You know what? We're going to do things very calculated. We're not overpaying. We're doing things very strategic. I think Dan Quinn is a sneaky, good play where it's like he gets the right staff around him. I think he can have that team ready. So I like it. I don't love it. But I'm not trashing it. Like He's, he's done too many good things in this league as a coach. And I think we're trashing him based on that one Super Bowl game. It was against Tom Brady. And, you know, his defense got blown up against the Packers in one game. Any given Sunday, that can happen. But his body of work has been impressive, more impressive than anything that Ron Rivera's done. Wow.
1: I totally disagree there. Are you nuts? Ron Rivera went 15-1. and Come on. So this is what I will say. Ron Rivera had
0: three winning seasons his whole entire coaching career.
1: This is what I will say. If you're looking to stabilize the organization and in the next four years make the playoffs once, yeah, Dan Quinn's the safe pick. Ron Rivera part two. If you're trying to win Super Bowls, which every organization should we be don't trying know. to. We
0: don't. I'm telling you. You're they're not going to win it. Sorry. They're being you're mature about this. It. We you're don't know. Ben Johnson it. can come in and be asked. You're, you're, don't you're, know how to run a friend. Don't know how to run a team. Win it. He could be Nathaniel Hackett. We don't know. I, I know understand. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn will be a professional head coach. It, it'll I know be that.
1: Ron Rivera part two. That's what disagree.
0: it is. I disagree. Next one. Speaking of D.C., Cliff Kingsbury coming on as the O.C. Commanders love it like it trash it just like with
1: the question right before it trash it like and this is part of why you know dan quinn you, you graded
0: dan campbell yeah, on the cliff dan, kingsbury scale no no dan
1: campbell liking and wanting cliff kingsbury as his guy another dan reason quinn. why i don't yeah you said dan campbell dan quinn did i say
0: dan dan campbell yeah you did Go See, he's so intimidating, he's just sneaking into segments. <laughs> That's why you need to hire him. We're talking about That's him. you right. not even on the question. That's point. right.
1: We, he, he's, he's, he's in our mind. He's living rent-free. But it, it's trashy, and this is the biggest reason why. 2022 Caleb Williams, over 4,500 passing yards, 42 touchdowns. This past year, who was his coach in terms oh, of I offensive coordinator? Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. You know what he did? 3,600 yards, so 900 yards less. No Heisman and only thirty touchdowns compared to forty-two. C-
0: Cliff Kings- he turned Barry, them in. He turned them into Caliberi.
1: <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury couldn't win with Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray's pretty good. How will he win in D.C. with this offense?
0: Explain that. I don't know. Trash. I I, I, I agree with you. Trash it. Just because nothing. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury hasn't been good at any point in his career, and this is how I know I can trash it. He couldn't win with Kyler Murray, who ended up being the Heisman Trophy quarterback. He couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes, who ended up being the best quarterback in NFL history. And he couldn't win with Caleb Williams, who people say is probably the best quarterback prospect ever. Like, his offense has proven to not work in the NFL. It's proven not to work in college. So what about this can I love? Yes, Caleb Williams likes him for whatever reason. Obviously, Caleb Williams, I need to reevaluate him. He seems like he don't care about winning. So you got worse with this guy. Like, like nothing about this shows me that it's good. Like he it hasn't worked. So I gotta trash it. Terrible move. I would have gotten somebody else. Last one, our boy, um canes, the 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 fall guy, Ken Dorsey wow. as OC of the Cleveland Browns. Sorry, man. He was not the he was not just the fall
1: guy in Buffalo. To trash it. Listen, the guy he couldn't win. With all due respect to our Canes alum, he couldn't win with Josh Allen. And then look how Allen looked significantly better you mean, under Joe Brady. He just turned Brady. around and
0: handed the ball off to James nah, Cook. No, 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 no. He looked nah, so nah. great nah, just nah, throwing it nah, nah, less nah. and handing the ball that, off to the running that, backs.
1: That is so not true. He looked significantly better under Joe Brady. And in fact, oh, Joe Brady on January 28th was named full-time offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Five and five with Dorsey. Six and one with Joe Brady. Enough said.
0: I'm gonna trash it, but for a different reason. One, what the hell are the Browns doing? Your offense was one of the top offenses in the league with no Nick Chubb.
1: Didn't they have Van Pelt? Wasn't it Van Pelt? And they they let him walk. I think they,
0: they had like three or four guys they let all go. And it's like, this is one of the top offenses in the league. You went to the playoffs. You have had no Deshaun Watson, no Nick Chubb, and you the no, ghost of Amari Cooper for both. of the no
1: year. You like, had no not quarterback. Like, I just no Deshaun. You had
0: no quarterback. Like, I'm sorry. These guys on this offensive staff should have got a freaking raise. How do you get fired? Like, I went to the playoffs with Joe Flacco and whoever the hell the running backs were, Jerome Ford and the, the ghost of Kareem Hunt. Like, you are down your major franchise cornerstone pieces on offense, and the offense continues to hum? And it was better than what I had seen when Stefanski was probably calling the plays. This offense actually looked like modern. And you fire those guys, they're bringing the guy that couldn't get the best out of a guy that we think is an MVP quarterback in Josh Allen. I got to trash it. I like Ken Dorsey, you should have came back to Miami and been the OC because I just don't understand how you follow up with the Browns did on offense. Terrible move. Made no sense. I agree. All right. So let's shift our focus to the
1: nba trade deadline uh it is thursday february 8th three o'clock jt all right so what's the one player who will be moved
0: i want to say something sexy here but i actually want to get this right (laughs) um i think the player that's probably the big marquee guy that we moved is dejounte murray i keep seeing his name thrown around a lot but the reality, we're probably going to see like D'Angelo Russell move. That's like the one guy that probably will get moved.
1: I think it's DeMar DeRozan. He's on an expired contract and he's still averaging, JT, 22 points a game. He's having uh, a bad year. But,
0: let's, let's He's not but, having a good year.
1: But he still has 22 points a game without that help of Zach Levine. And he has five and a half assists. So if you're a team that you feel like can make a run, you take on the expiring contract. And you just hope he scores because that's what you're going to need in the playoffs. Don't nowadays. they
0: all have aspiring contract? I think Vooch has one, too, doesn't he? Uh, I think
1: uh, maybe, maybe. But I think with DeRozan, he brings that experience, right, winning the title. Well, he didn't win the title in Toronto. I take that back. But he has that playoff experience. But still averaging 22 a game. You want scorers, right, that can come off the – can you imagine having a – in the playoffs, your sixth, seventh guy –
0: is DeMar DeRozan.
1: Of course, 22 and he's who's coming like off like one the bench. year
0: who, who's like one year removed from like like MVP type season.
1: Right. Right.
0: So, that's that's
1: who who I think is the one guy who got to be moved, who will be moved. All right, what's the one trade that should happen?
0: All right, so I'm, the team is one team but I think they can pick between one of these two guys because I think they're actually available It's the Dallas Mavericks. And I think if they can get one of these two guys, this is the trade that I think is realistic that if I was a team, I would make, they need to go get either miles bridges or they go get uh, your boy. Well, I just drew a blank in um, with the nets, uh, Mikel bridges. I think they need to get one of those two guys, or maybe like a Kyle Kuzma, like a three or a four, that can play both of those positions, but can also shoot. So I think if they can get one of those type of guys, I think that guy combined with Luka and Kyrie, I think will be like potent in the West.
1: Why is Mikel Bridges my guy? I've never even picked him up in fantasy or
0: or anything. He played at at your favorite school. What school is that? Now now you just act like Jay Wright don't exist. What? What, Villanova? Oh god, how's well, that you, my school? That's always your school. You love Villanova. They got all your guys. I'm Archie, Di, Archie Diacano, all your all your favorite Italian why? guys Oh, oh, oh that's oh, that's on, why
1: they're my team. Wow. Hold on, hold on. By the way, you know it's the
0: Canes. Speaking, speaking of Archie Diacano, I want to congratulate him on this show. He set history this week. You want to know what, what record he set in the NBA? Let me know. He played the most consecutive games. I think it was 20 games without scoring a single point. Dang, bro. Why, that,
1: why you got to take a shot that at that? That is
0: guy? talent. That is talent right there. T- Shout out to our guy, what? Archie Diakono. We always love him on this show. Why we always bring take, him up.
1: Why you got to take a shot at, at, at the guy?
0: His own teammates share. That's a record. That will never be broken. Wow. Wow.
1: Uh, unbelievable. Why, why you got to take a shot at the guy? All right. The one trade I oh, think
0: that know, should have. We, ha- we love Archie. <laughs> He's he's hurt.
1: The the one trade I think that should happen, I think, is DeJounte Murray to the Pelicans. That might happen. Supposedly, the Hawks are asking for two first-round picks and, like, a key player in the deal. Well, that's not not nothing. (laughs) Pelicans, well, also, though, Pelicans have that capital to move. Um, And right now, if you're New Orleans, you're in seventh place. You're only a half game out of fifth and sixth. You make this move, you now become that contender for that 6th, 5th seed. You, you're you safe in the playoffs, and then you can kind of make that jump that we've seen from, like, Memphis prior to this year, as well as Sacramento in um, Minnesota. Then I think New Orleans really becomes that next great team in, in the West.
0: Yeah, so. I think if they can unload, like, let's say, like, Valachunas and McCullum in that trade, and then you have, like, DeJounte, and Zion so not, and Brandon Ingram. Ingram. I, I think Ingram. that's a better fit. Cause yep. I think CJ, I think that CJ Ingram Zion fit is not working right now. And Valachunas complicates it more because you got to find ways to play him. And he can't play with those other guys too. So <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah, like that move, but I just think if the Mavs get a guy that can play the three or the four, he can defend. He, he's a long wing player and then get his own shot. I think that helps. Yeah,
1: the only question is, is that realistic with those other contracts that are already there? I think
0: I think the 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 two bridges ones, I think they are realistic. Kuzma maybe not as much, but he's a guy that people are looking to trade and I I think it's realistic for one year. We'll see what happens. I
1: just I'd like to see how that works with the salary cap. Um all right, so more likely to be traded talking about the NBA trade deadline. LeBron or Jimmy Butler.
0: Can we see him either? <laughs>
1: <laughs> as much as I
0: want this to happen, and I've heard
1: now you put this question in you I've, got heard to some, answer.
0: I've heard some rumors, man. I've heard some rumors, and if they happen, I love it. I would say more likely to be traded as Jimmy Butler, just because it's really hard to move a guy like LeBron. I feel like guys of LeBron's caliber don't get moved at the trade deadline. Like that's like a summer thing. Like they need all the press, all the hype. You need you need a long period of time to work this shit out because there's gonna be like four or five teams involved. Realistically, I think it could be Jimmy Butler just because I think the value that he has around the league as far as people acquiring him, like, this is as high as it's going to get. Like, it can only get lower. So, I mean, I don't – he's not the Jimmy Butler, like I said last time. He's not the guy that can carry us through a series like he once could. So, I think we know what the ceiling is with him on our team. Trade him for what we can get somebody younger, maybe that can stay with us a few more years and give us a spark, but I think realistically, it would be him over LeBron to be moved.
1: Yeah, I mean, more likely it's Jimmy Butler. I mean, plus, I think LeBron's representatives already said that he's not going anywhere, but more so, like, you can never get enough value for a guy like LeBron, because people will say, well, he's older, we we can't give up, you know, seven first-round picks, and it's like, I understand that, but if I'm getting rid of the greatest player of all time, I'm getting
0: a I King need to have Langer. all my ducks in a row. Yeah, like you, it, getting it, it a takes King so Durant much answer. time. Like, Le, like LeBron would like, I feel like it's beneath LeBron's legacy to be moved mid season. I feel like that's when, you know, like you've fallen out of that top tier,
1: but it's also JT, like the Lakers will never get enough value in return. So why would they move him? You know, I think it's got to come from both LeBron and the Lakers. And to be honest, if he asks for a trade, because the Lakers that. aren't going to trade him. Like if he asked for a trade, he wouldn't be able to live that down. Like he, he went through it with going from Cleveland to Miami already. And if now, if he wants out, that's just more bashing. And like, I think he's over that part. So I think he's just like, you know, I'm done with that. I'm not going to ask for a trade. So like you said, whether Jimmy Butler actually gets traded or not, eh, probably unlikely, but you never know. But it's definitely more likely than actually LeBron getting traded. Last thing before we go on to the next segment, JT, because speaking of LeBron, wanted to, wanted to add this. So, and I quote here, this is Austin Rivers uh, about Bronny James, the son of LeBron James. And I quote here, I don't want to see Bronny play with his dad. I went through something similar. What happens is that everyone starts to discredit everything you've done. I don't want that negativity to come his way. He doesn't deserve it. Now, Steven Jackson, clapped back a little bit on those comments saying, and I quote here, in your daddy, not LeBron. Shut up. Differences. You trash. You're you're trash. Bronny is not. You can't compare him. Scrub.
0: Bro, we need to get you like an AI voiceover. You are horrible at reading trash talk.
1: <laughs> I wasn't trying to I,
0: make it trash talk. Wait, it's it was it was trash talk. That was the most. <laughs> St- I, I, felt, Jackson, I felt no beef in the way you read those comments. He's St- like, I'm trying Shut to make it up, neutral. You trash.
1: That's the AI voice. You want AI voice. That's AI voice. Hey, I, that's I mean, no I emotion. Need hey,
0: hey, will you, will you, will you? No emotion. I feel like depending on who said the quote, I need you to read that shit with some aggressiveness. <laughs> Come on, man. That's not how Steven Jackson talked.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to just be neutral. I'm trying to be neutral. I'm just trying all right, to read all
0: right. it. I, I got it. What's your question?
1: All right. So the question here is, all right, do you agree with the comment by Austin Rivers?
0: Oh, 100%. And first of all, shout out to shout out to Austin Rivers, man. I think when you get to the NBA, people forget how good you are. Hey, like,
1: you're pretty dang good. It don't matter if you're the last guy on the bench or the starter. It don't matter.
0: Look, look as a basketball fan, I get it. But in the basketball community, there are certain things that matter. Championships, stats, and mixtapes. And we talk about high school mixtapes, like, the Austin Rivers mixtape is, like, up there with, like, the Bible. Like, you can't touch that shit. So, local kid right here, Winter Park, Orlando, Central Florida, legend.
1: Ah, mansion life. The legend, mansion life. No, nah, he got a real life. man. Mansion I don't,
0: life. I don't live in Winter Park, bro. That, that's where rich, real you're rich close. people live you're, you're pretty close. So, that plus we know he had a good career at Duke. Get to the NBA, we know it's different. So it's not like he's a scrub that was not a superstar at one point talking. And Steven Jackson, I like, I like what him and and uh <laughs> and Matt do, but this is a prime example of why I don't like bask I don't like basketball players because I feel like once a basketball player gets some success, they just think they're better than everybody and they can say whatever they want. Like Jack, Steven Jackson is not that guy, like long term. Like, if anything, like you just rivers in reverse. He was better than you in high school. He was better than you in college, and your pro career just happened to be a little bit better than his. Like you acted like this man was just a scrub, like just talking like this ain't Ostertag saying this. Like this is Rivers. Like,
1: wow. hey, Greg Ostertag was a fine center. I know, I know, I mean, know. Ostertag is closer living. to
0: LeBron than I am to Ostertag. I get <laughs> it. I'm not, I'm not talking about for me, but I'm talking about like talking about other NBA players. Like they be disrespecting guys way too much. Yeah, but I do agree with what he said, because he has firsthand experience of what this is like, because what's the one thing that everyone talked about Rivers? It's like, oh, the only reason you got on that team is because your dad was the coach. The only time you got in the game and got PT because your dad was the coach. Like, you don't think that's going to happen with Bronny. Like, they're already saying it now. The only reason you got Sierra Canyon was because your dad. The only reason you got a D1 scholarship at USC was because of your dad. The only reason you're going to be a first round pick is because of your dad. Like, now you got to play with your dad? Like, we can see, like, Bronny's not ready for the NBA. And I don't know how good he's going to be in the league, but I tell you what, if he plays on any team with LeBron and he gets PT, they're going to say it's because of LeBron. And Austin Rivers is firsthand accounting how that could be a detriment to your career. Like, you don't want everything you accomplished in your career that you worked hard for to be like, oh, it's because of your dad. You got it because of your dad. So I think it's a fair warning. I agree. And I think Bronny should listen to it. Now, does he have a choice? Probably not, but I think it's a valid concern.
1: I I don't agree with him. And I think Austin Rivers is allowed in this, like allowed in this instance to to voice his opinion. Because, like you said, he's experienced it in a way.
0: Oh, hold on, I, one more thing. I don't I don't want to cut you off, but yeah, I, no, do no, wanna, I do want to make I do want to make this point. Yeah, go ahead. The, the other thing why I agree with this is Steven Jackson is proving his point to the T. He brought up that his dad is the reason he got everything in the league. He's literally proven Austin Rivers' point. It's exactly that's how people see him. You only got everything because he, because of you you had a dad that was in the league that people feel gave you the opportunity. Like the jokes write themselves. So I don't understand like why why Jack can't see that.
1: Well, I think. I've got to go with, I don't agree with Austin Rivers. And again, I think it's fine what he said. I don't think he he really said anything wrong. He's voicing his opinion and he's been through it. And, and I think he's credible to, to at least listen to in this instance. But I don't agree with him for a couple of reasons. Bronny's already taking that heat, right? JT, you said it. Like, this is why he went to Sierra Cannon. This is why he has a D1 scholarship. So let me ask you this, JT. What is he supposed to do? Nothing with his life? Like that oh, doesn't make, oh. it, it doesn't make any sense. If he goes to another team in the NBA that's not with his dad, what are they going to say? What you just said. He's only getting drafted by this team because his dad's LeBron James. So, the guy can't win either way. So, why I say, "Hey, that's pretty cool that you get to play with your dad who's not only your dad, but probably the, the, greatest, player the greatest player of all time, if not at least in the top 2." Like that's pretty stinking cool that you get to play with your dad And he's one of the greatest of all time. So even if you go somewhere else, you're going to get that heat. And in fact, at least you have your dad there early in your career to weather some of that storm if you don't play well. And you have time to develop and and, and nurture yourself to the NBA life. Because if he goes somewhere else, they're going to say he only got drafted by that team because his dad's LeBron. He's only getting a chance because his dad's LeBron. And then if he doesn't play well, he's got no allies in that locker room. At least if he goes and plays with his his dad, dad. hey, (laughs) but that can catapult him later in his career because he survives those early years while he continues to develop. Like, I I don't understand. What's the other option? Like, to say, I don't want that. Okay, go play somewhere else. Austin Rivers, you did the same. Did you play any better? feel like
0: here's the uncomfortable conversation we need to have. I think the reason you're saying that is, is – Deep down, we don't feel Bronny's good enough to survive on his own. In the that's game. not
1: true. That's that, not true. That's what when, the, but when we asked the question, when we asked the question, like, what was it, six months ago, a year ago? It was last is, year. Is he a top 10 pick? We started to say, yeah, he plays Because
0: ESPN told us, and we looked at the metrics, but I'm looking at him at USC, and if it was anybody else but LeBron but GT, James' son, I don't think he's ready. But,
1: but JT, that's fine. If he's coming out this year, okay, yeah, that. That might be a concern. I think he's going back. If he's, he got to go back. Right. If he goes back and he has a he big not. jump he and he and he has a big, see, you don't think so. But how many got, look in the history of the NBA, the guys that made big jumps throughout their college career. Maybe it's a Kawhi Leonard type. Like you never know. You can't base it Kawhi on Kawhi was league. getting,
0: Kawhi was getting way more PT and playing way better in college than Bronny is. As
1: a true freshman? Probably. Okay. But we don't know. Uh, that's just one example. What I'm saying is you no, go look the no, history. No, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right that's now. L- look look at, look at the camera. Look at the camera. Look at me fine. through the camera. That's fine. We know. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to We know. I don't want to look at
1: you. I know you don't, you don't want to look All at right. truth. So, so, you know. so let's, so let's go to our favorite segment. Forget about it or for I will read a statement. And if we agree with it, we think it's a hot take. We're going to say, forget about it. If we disagree with it, we think it's not a good take. We're going to say for all right. You ready? I'm going to go through these four real quick. Are you ready?
0: Yep, let's go. All
1: right. Eric Bieniemy, our guy, will never be an NFL head coach.
0: Forget about it. And just because there's just too many excuses built in now. Like, he gets no credit if he goes to KC and coach and they do well. And he's only going to get OC jobs at bad situations like Washington. And I mean, I know they didn't win, but we talked about he worked wonders with Sam Howell. I mean, first and big time throws, only... Other second year quarterback to do that besides Patrick Mahomes. He was first in a lot of PFF like metrics, was high in passing yards, but they were like, ah, the offense is bad. And then I keep hearing the stuff. He, he gives bad interviews. They keep bringing up, you know, his, his legal troubles in college, even though, you know, we got guys that coach their entire length of their head coaching contract and had way worse allegations from college than him. Man, Patricia, and still coaching in the league. Like the sad reality is, Matt Nagy will be a head coach again before Eric Bieniemy ever gets a shot, and it's just that's just a narrative on him. He'll never be a head coach, and I hate it. And that's just the way the league is moving. Like there's not really going to be black OCs. There's not that movement because all the black OCs that were coaching they get let go after one year. So I'm I'm not seeing it.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's forget about it as well. I mean, if it hasn't happened by now. I just don't know how it happens, especially now he just got fired as OC of Washington. So it's like, I don't even know if he, if there's a spot open for offensive coordinators, you know, like, does he have to go back to running backs coach to build back up? Like that
0: don't seem right. He should just go to college, like go to college coach. Like, I think it'll be easier for him to get a really good team. Like he, he can coach, man. I just, I think so
1: too. I I think so too. Like you said, there's reports about, maybe it's guys you know don't like his style of coaching i don't know if he doesn't interview like i don't know but at some point he should have he should have gotten there's a chance
0: guys that do all the stuff that, he that they, they say is wrong like I know. I, I know some of these guys are shitty interviewers i know that there's guys that are assholes that are that are on the on their yeah. players and they don't I, like him it's just when he, it's it's all public about him and I don't yeah, I don't he, understand
1: he should have gotten an offer by now and been an NFL head coach by now and since he hasn't unfortunately I think you and I feel like it it just may never happen so
0: he's better right. than Cliff Kingsbury I said it
1: yeah I I would agree I mean you look at what he's done in the NFL alone he he's better than you know Cliff Kingsbury all right next one the world cup in new york city well really the finals in new york city the world cup is all over the u.s canada and mexico in 2026 but the world cup final in new york city will be great for u.s soccer's image worldwide
0: but gazy i just think it's 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 new york like nobody wants to be there (laughs) it's isn't jersey it's at the meadowlands right they're like it's this it's i don't want to see that man like Go to Miami, go to ATL, go to Los Angeles, go somewhere else, man. Like nobody wants to be in New York for the World Cup. That's like worst case scenario. Like New York is so overrated. I don't want to be there. Wow. Give me another city. That's, wow. we, we, we're trying to show international people the best time possible for a soccer match, man. Like New York is not on the top of my list.
1: You are hating on New York. Why? Just because it's live, the Knicks? Go live there. Because it's the Knicks? Come
0: you, on, man. You never, you never hit you you my phone owned. saying, you know what, man? I can't. I, you know, I, I want to move have, to New York. It's all your fault. You, I can't go there. You, you want to come back to Florida.
1: You have owned the New York Knicks. Like, I don't understand what, why you hate New York. It's so I don't rated. understand it. It's so underrated. Listen, listen, they've got UN, the ain't You, you the wilds, ain't geared they, up to buy they, a, a flight to New York. they have got to order cuz we can drive there from the DC studio we drive you, you drive fly there. you fly into DC and we drive listen it's forget about it like look at what 1994 did for US soccer and granted yeah the final might be in New York and you feel like it should be in LA again or Miami and it's like you know what though people worldwide they're going to travel to New York City cuz that's still
0: you know, the, <laughs> it's you know, still like the biggest city, funny. the
1: most popular city in the U.S.
0: Sorry. That's you know funny. You know, you know why I disagree with this and you're wrong. So this announcement was made a few days ago. Right. And all I'm seeing on social media see, this is why you need to get on social media to, to check the pulse of the public. man. everybody is saying this is bad. Like all every every joke I see about this is people coming from foreign countries coming over to expect this great thing. And they're going to like see what Jersey looks like what New York really looks like when they get there. They're so disappointed. This is not the best representation. Like, these World Cup fans are going to be bougie as hell. Give them a better place J- to go, JT. People
1: from all over the world come to New York City for to go. To they are not coming Square. to see the freaking
0: Jersey oh, Shore like they're not trying to see that.
1: JT, they're not living at MetLife. They're there no, they, for dude, two New hours. New York
0: is not much better either.
1: So, so why do I see at New Year's Eve all of these people from around the around the world at Times Square?
0: Hey Amen. Peer pressure. Please, whatever, dude.
1: All right. Next one, Bobby Witt Jr. is the next young gun that will will, that will win an MLB MVP.
0: I ain't gonna lie, he is stud. And I liked him last year, him and Pasquantino. I like that young core with the Royals. I know he just got paid. That's why we're talking about this. But I'm gonna say for I think the next young guns up are you are one of your two guys on the Orioles. He's either Adley. or it's going to be Gunner. I think those are the next two guys that if I'm looking at a young gun that's knocking on the door to win the MVP first, it's one of those two before Bobby Witt.
1: Yeah, so it is Gunner Henderson. That's going to be the next one. That, that's my guy. I told you that last year. Um, but I didn't take the question as, like, literally the next young gun. But I think at some point he will win an MVP. So I said forget about it. And I think, you know, whether he wins it or Gunner, whatever, like, they're each hey, why, why, why are
0: we disrespecting the rushman like that? He's up there too now. Come on.
1: No, he is, but I think he has. It's going to be a little bit more challenging for, for him because he's on to that face.
0: team with Gunner,
1: right? And, and he's the catcher, right? So, like, I think that's harder. Like, that standard is high for catchers. I, I'm just saying in general. If we're talking
0: about catchers, I also I forget his name. I like the guy for the for the Giants, like the rookie too. I mean, he's he's an he's a guy that I think is going to be a superstar too.
1: I mean, there's there's a bunch of good good young guys out there, and, and baseball should be pretty excited about that. All right, last one. The Warriors, Golden State Warriors, need to move on from their veterans.
0: Begazi, for what? They blew the youth movement. All them guys either gone or <laughs> their confidence is so shot from not getting playing time, it's not worth it. Like, Kaminga ain't going to be what he was. Wiseman, they they didn't get him enough playing time. There's guys on that bench that should have been getting playing time that have not for years. Like you stuck with this. This is what happens when you hang on to guys too long. Draymond, Clay, and Steph going to play as long as they're able to. Like you can't move on from it. For what? Like there's no replacement plan for them. You had it and you didn't you didn't stick to it. I'm
1: going to say forget about it with the exception Just of Steph. Steph. Yeah. Like you can move on from Dre and Clay. Listen, Kaminga, go look at what he's doing, man. Look at his stats. Like, I get he's it. He's got something going there. And if you keep Steph and you've got these guys, like play Moses Moody, see what he can do.
0: Like that's the you, guy I couldn't you, think of. Moses Moody been for like a decade. No, like, it's been be like, it, it's been like three Jordan years. another it, one. Like, he, he showed did. you he could play. Why not yeah. play him more? Right. Like, you just
1: have to play him. And so that's why I say you need to move on from the veterans. Be like, you know what? You've done a great job, but we, we've got to move on at some point. Can like, we, let's can we let's make this, though, this amicable.
0: Should it be... Let's just move on from Draymond Green because I feel like that also factors no, into and, like
1: and clay. Listen, I think last game clay was not out there at the end when they needed a bucket late in the game. But, and he said, Yeah, that's but, disappointing. But clay JT, but Clay T, Thompson's you,
0: response. Clay Thompson's response was like, you know what? i I think that was the first time I think it hit him. I actually might be ass now. So I understand why they right. But bitch JT he right asked there. Draymond the same question. He's like, Man, don't don't bitch yeah. me, man. I'm still good. I think their perception of reality is different. And I think you could you could sell a reduced role to Clay. Draymond, you're not doing that.
1: But it goes back to what you're saying, though. Even if you give Clay a reduced role, he's taking away from the youth movement. He's taking minutes away from a younger guy that 25 minutes
0: a night, Clay Thompson, is 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 not taking away from the youth movement. If you can't trust him at the end of a game anymore,
1: what's the point of having him? Honestly. Go go, youth movement and have them learn from Steph. Like, i don't understand what else there is to, to, to see. We, we, the writing's on the wall. Just is. All right. Real quick.
0: We didn't right. make a Super Bowl prediction. Anytime you say it real quick, I know it's about to be some bullshit. We, 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 we
1: didn't make a Super Bowl prediction. Yes, we so we got to go. No, we, we didn't. No, we didn't. We said we would wait till this show. Okay. Go so ahead. weekend predictions. Listen, shout out to our guy, King Kent, for a couple of reasons. One he won the season record 32 and 14 going into this game all right that's one shout out for him so congrats king ken that's a, that's a clap i end up second cuz i hit both games on championship sunday i'm 24 and 22 jt missed both so he's 22 and 24 so this game it's a throwaway for me i'm going to pick with my heart but the second shout out for king ken jt our guy our NFL expert, he got married.
0: Hey, so congrats. We go.
1: Congrats to our congrats guy King to them Both,
0: both he's, lovely people. Lovely yes, people.
1: Yes, we met them. Well, not met them, but we met his wife, now his wife, uh, during the final four. So that that was a, that was a, a great time. Um out, got some barbecue. But so right now he's on his honeymoon. So I didn't want to bother him. All right. right. I didn't want to bother him for his prediction because at this he point, he, he's the champ. He's the champ. Uh, He can tell me who he picked later. Um, I'm sure it's the right one. But we got to make our predictions. Even though second place, I've got second place. So I was second place in college, second place in the NFL NFL standings. Listen, it's, it's a great year for me. It's a
0: great year this man so, this man literally rigged the picking <laughs> so that he could get back in there. I did so, not whatever. it was a great company. We, 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 we need we need we need to we need to do a cap on how many You games need to do an audit. You need out. to
1: do an audit. Do an uh, audit. Do an audit. Do an real, audit. Real, so we got to make the picks though. So before we go JT, who's your Super Bowl winner? Chiefs. Wow. I'm surprised. Okay. I'm not, this,
0: I didn't this think like a game go the New Orleans would shoot the bed. Ah.
1: I'm going to go Chiefs, and I'm going to go – I'll go 30-23. to 23. I'll throw a score in there.
0: I'll go 31-21. Ooh, I think this is what's going to happen.
1: 49ers will be driving to either tie or take the, the lead. And Shanahan, instead of running the ball with McCaffrey –
0: We'll try to we'll, be Russell Wilson. We'll try, and try to get try Brock to establish his legacy. Yep.
1: We'll try to get Brock Purdy the MVP because he's the quarterback. He's mystery relevant, all that, and it doesn't come doesn't come true. Whether it's an interception or just a deflected pass or a sack that costs them the game, I think that's what's going to go down. So JT, that was a great episode. Always exciting Super Bowl week. We should be in media row. Make that happen next year. To all our fans and listeners out there, thank you as always for listening. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. JT and the Dawn All Sports Podcast presented by Give Us a Shot Network. And remember to also subscribe to us on all of the major platforms where you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT,
0: if you don't like what we
1: do, Leave us a five-star review. And also, please follow us on social media, our handle, JT and The Dawn. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, X, and Facebook. So, JT, enjoy the Super Bowl. We both got the Chiefs. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.